1: And And this this is DBT and Me.
0: Hey, everybody. Glad you're here with us today. Um, So for the skills that we're going to talk about in today's episode, we're going to be talking about two, I don't know, I want to say like brief, relatively easy
1: skills, Yes. Very say.
0: You'll see as we go along here, sometimes with different DBT skills, there's many different components within one skill. Like one skill is doing like seven things. Um, But today we're just going to talk about two skills that are really easy to... Straightforward. Straightforward. There. That is what I'm looking for. They're easy to understand. They're easy to do. They don't take up a lot of time or effort. And Um, they don't
1: really need you to know or understand anything for them to work. But that'll be my part in a second. Yes. Yeah. That is also (laughs) true. Like all you have to do is just do them. And try it out
0: and see what happens <laughs> and we'll explain to you a little bit about you know yeah the neuroscience behind why these skills work um but they're pretty easy and normally these skills We teach them in the Distress Tolerance module. I think that's what they fall under. And a lot of times we've saved them towards the end of a group that we've been teaching. It's kind of some last-minute skills to wrap things up. But we had it with one group where when we finally got around to teaching them these skills, like I think on week seven, seven yeah. out of our eight-week-long group. They had such positive feedback for us. They were like, this is amazing. Why don't you guys talk about these things Like earlier? week one. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, we could have uh, been using these okay. the whole time. So um, we're mixing it up for you listeners so that you can hear about these things right away. I also think as we really start getting into some mindfulness skills with our next episode, doing these two things, even though they're in the distress tolerance Module, um, I would say they are some easy, simple ways to practice mindfulness in your life, too. So, the names of the skills we're going to be talking about are half smile that's the first one and willing hands. And basically, they are each just simple gestures. I, I don't know if that's the right word that I want to use. <laughs> <laughs> sounded more like you said, like a court
1: jester than a gesture. A oh, gesture. <laughs> I can't yes. articulate. Myself. I see the guys with the bell hats. Like, that's my I name. know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Gesture. Yeah. A little
0: it's bit. Simple motion, yes. I guess, that you can do. Um, physical actions. I don't know. Yeah. A physical action. Um, it's really simple. So we're going to get into what each of them are in a little bit. Um, but first, it's kind of interesting to hear the neuroscience behind why these two things that are so simple would maybe make such a difference mm-hmm. in how we feel emotionally or what happens within our brain when we actually do these things. Um, So I'm going to turn it over to Kate to talk a little bit about that because she's much better with neuroscience than I am.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's going to be interesting because I'm going to try and talk about the neuroscience generally without giving away the skills are so we'll see if, if, I can it, keep if it. they wind up slipping out that's all okay right. um so a lot of the times when we picture how our brains and bodies work together we imagine our brain is kind of this control center um that is sending out all of these signals to tell our body to do the stuff what we want done right so the parts of our brain that we're not you know Conscious of telling our hearts to beat and our lungs to breathe and our, you know, digestive systems to do their stuff, the spleen to do whatever it does. Um, And then, you know, our more conscious thoughts like I would like to reach out and pick up my coffee cup. Right. And, you know, making sure that our bodies do that. Um, And I think we're aware of some... Information being brought from our bodies to our brains, right? The sensation of, you know, if we grab said coffee cup and it's way too hot, that fuck moment when (laughs) it's too hot and we drop it and then spill it everywhere, and, you know, at least that's my morning, but with tea instead of coffee, because coffee is gross. But, the, (laughs) or, all right, so sight, sound, touch, you know, we think about our different senses getting brought in from our bodies to our brains, but that, I think, is about as much as we really think about uh, in the direction of from our bodies to our brains, but, The truth of the matter is that our brains are constantly taking in information from our bodies and part of what it's taking in is about our emotional state. Um, And and a sort of reinforcement loop can often uh, form. So if you think about it, I don't know, if you think about something where you're really, really angry about it, you might notice your muscles getting more tense. You might even cross your arms in front of your chest or do something else that closes your body off or hunches you down. Um, And all these things are ways that if you're in a conversation with someone, you might get a cue of, oh, this person looks like they're getting angry. Well, it turns out your brain does that too, right? It scans your body, and if you're tensed and hunched and closed off and all of these things, it goes, oh, yeah, that seems like we're angry. I guess maybe we should double down on pumping out the, you know, anger signals to the rest of the body, and it kind of forms this feedback loop where our bodies reinforce what our brain already thinks is going on and it kind of doubles down on sending those signals. Um, Because of that, we can use our facial expressions or our posture um, or our gestures to actually change what our brain thinks is going on uh, for us emotionally, um, and change what signals it's sending. So to kind of break a loop or start a new one, rather than doubling down and kind of creating a, a cycle of reinforcement. Um, does that cover most of what without i'll probably end up interjecting on the other things the more specifics but basically our our brains and bodies are a two-way street right both of them are talking to each other constantly um, and we sometimes it's easier to intervene with our sort of gross motor skills than it is to change our thoughts by changing our thoughts alone sometimes it can be really hard to just be like decide to stop being angry um is a lot harder than perhaps changing our body posture in a way that it no longer reinforces our brain thinking that we're angry
0: yeah what kate is really <clears throat> touching on is basically this idea of um there's this idea in the field of psychology probably some other fields too a bottom up versus mm. top-down processing yep so bottom-up processing is what we're really talking about today, and what that means is that you focus on changing what's going on within the body to then change what's what we're thinking. Or feeling, uh, yeah. Yeah, or feeling, and then top-down means we start with trying to change our thoughts and that we hope that it's going to change what's happening in our bodies, but with research has kind of come to show is that that's a lot tougher yes and that's what you were just talking about like it doesn't really work so well to just tell ourselves like don't be angry um and then to hope that that's magically going to make it go away but if we can make some small changes in the body it can really outside of our conscious awareness change our mind Is i think like kind of what you were boot us out of that
1: yeah i don't know feeling yeah. A little bit.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because, I don't know, I know for myself that, like, I just find myself, it almost feels like talking in circles Yep. with my own brain just going around. If I'm having an experience that feels unpleasant or that isn't effective and not working for me and I'm trying to get into a different way of thinking about it, if I just keep that in my mind and, like, try to talk myself
1: out of it. <laughs> I, I just start going just round stuck. and round and round in circles. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Um, and then I just am getting into, like, this internal argument with myself <laughs> that doesn't wind up really going anywhere, and I just get frustrated. Um, but, yeah, if you try some of the things we're going to talk about today, it I don't know, it might be more effective in yeah. changing things. So, yeah. Um, So I'm gonna talk a little bit about half smile, which is the first one, and then there's um, kind of some neuroscience. I know a little little bit. Yeah, there's a study we're gonna talk about um, with makes me happy. This skill. (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's so strange and bizarre. Um, But basically, this skill of half smile is more or less. It's hard because you guys can't see us, but it's smiling without your teeth like if you think about a big smile that you do when someone's taking your picture like a grin yeah a grin that would be a full-on smile we're talking about half smile so half smile is with your lips closed you just slightly upturn at the corners of your mouth. Think so think of it as like a polite smile. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's just kind of this pleasant, relaxed smile on your face that's, again, with your lips closed and just slightly... Turning up at the corners of the, your mouth. It should hopefully feel pretty comfortable. I told Kate right before we started recording. <laughs> I was like, I can't hold half smile for too long. Like it winds up hurting my cheeks a little bit. So only do it for as long as you feel comfortable. But that's the idea behind it. It's just a slight smile on your face that should be pretty subtle, um, and it's not like walking around with this big grin manic on your fake face. Grin. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't want that. Um, and so. The idea behind Half Smile is, as Kate was talking about, our bodies send signals to our minds about how we're feeling. And there was actually this study, one of these days, because we talk about it in all of our groups, we actually should figure out, like, the names. We should give credit
1: where credit's due. That's I thought you were going to say we should, like, give them pencils and make them do it. Oh, my gosh. We should make (laughs) people do that in our groups. That just made me really happy to think about everybody holding pencils in their mouths.
0: We should do that next time we have a group. Um... Yeah, I I do not know who did the study. I do not know when it was done, except for I think it was done a while ago. But basically, in this study, they had some people hold like a matchstick in their mouth. And if you try to do that, you'll notice that you naturally have to smile. Yeah, quote
1: unquote smile. You have to pull back your lips so they're not in the way. You
0: do the smiling motion in order to hold it in your mouth, like Kate it, like as if you were holding a pencil
1: between your teeth.
0: Between your teeth, like your lips. I'm trying. I know <laughs> so you're gesturing maybe, so much.
1: I'm just. Just like look it. at Michelle, and you'll clearly see exactly then what it she's would demonstrating.
0: Make everything better. <laughs> <laughs> but like your lips naturally form a smile, even though emo- you're not smiling for any kind of emotional reason. That's the motion that your body has to do in order to hold this object in your mouth, straight across like that. And what they did in the study, some people had to hold a matchstick in their mouth, some people didn't. It was a matchstick? Yeah.
1: That I didn't it's know. It's like old school. Fair it's enough. Like old school. I thought it was study. like a pencil or a, I don't know, not a stick. No, probably, it, it was
0: like, yeah, like a, oh, like okay. a matchstick, Match- I think okay. they called it. Um, and basically, what they showed was that after they had a period of time where people either did or didn't hold the matchstick in their mouth, the people who had held the matchstick, because it forced their mouths into a smiling shape, they then did some assessments, and basically it was shown that their mood actually improved mm-hmm. just from making that motion with their mouth. They were not told to think positive thoughts. They weren't they, even
1: told, I think, that their mood was what was being assessed. No. Like they, they were told they were there to study something else entirely.
0: Yeah, and basically they were just like, okay, hold this to your mouth for a little bit, and people were like, all right, and then <laughs> outside of their <laughs> low and behold. Yeah. Their mood improved just by doing this motion. So, um it's really powerful because our bodies from a really early age come to associate smiling with I guess you could positive say joy feelings? Yeah. Or yeah, what we would typically consider positive feelings like pleasant. Pleasant. Yeah, it's it's something that feels good for the most part. And our brains know that when we typically smile, it means something positive's happening. And so then our brains respond accordingly with the chemicals that are gonna be released. And in terms of when it can be useful to use a half smile, I think it's also important to point out that with half smile and with willing hands, which Kate's gonna talk about in a moment, these are not things that you need to do for long periods of time. Even just doing them for like 30 to 60 seconds has an impact. Has an impact. So you don't have to force your body to make this half smile motion or to do willing hands when we talk about that. If it starts to feel uncomfortable or unpleasant, it's really something that can actually work pretty quickly in terms of noticing that your mood might start to shift if you're doing it. So sometimes when it might be useful to use half smile, would be if you find yourself feeling, I don't know, sad, upset Mm -hmm. about something, disappointed, let down. Um, These could all be times where if you just take a moment to pause and do a half smile, um, just be with it for a moment. And again, it doesn't mean that that thing that just happened, that created this initial feeling of sadness or this feeling of disappointment or whatever it was, you know, that thing is done and over with, you know, we can't change what's already happened, but it might, I don't know, change your outlook even just slightly. Or let's say on a one through 10 scale, you were feeling like if 10 is extreme sadness, maybe we're feeling like an eight, Mm -hmm. then if you do a half smile for a couple minutes, then maybe it's lower to a six or something. Yeah. You know, it can shift the emotional experience just a little bit. I also really like half smile because half smile is something <laughs> you can do pretty much anytime. You can do it while you're driving, you can do it while you're cooking, you can do, cooking, you can do half smile. It doesn't keep you it doesn't somewhere.
1: prevent you from engaging in activities other than yeah. maybe talking.
0: That is true.
1: But yes. otherwise, I think also sometimes it, I mean, so apparently Michelle's face hurts if she does it for too long, but, <laughs> like, I also sometimes think it can be useful to kind of just put a half smile in place and kind of forget about it, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of slap it on your face and, and walk around, and sometimes your face just ends up kind of staying that way, mm-hmm. um, and then, it, you know, you then you might notice, actually, that you're smiling genuinely after mm-hmm. a while. Not always, because sometimes, you know, you're coming from a really big emotional place but sometimes I can kind of like put the half smile on my face and leave it there and forget about it. Yeah I think that can happen and it can
0: be something where yeah the whole idea behind it is that it can just make a difficult moment or experience maybe slightly easier to bear in a way when we're just having a half smile there Mm -hmm. for a little bit Um, it can really make us feel much more relaxed, calm. We were talking about wise mind on the last episode. Practicing half smile might be one way to help you get into your wise mind and just see how that feels when you try it out. So yeah, that's half smile.
1: I guess that's my cue. That's your cue. My cue to Switch do. over to Willing Hands. Willing Hands. So, uh, I just think it's hilarious <laughs> that our first couple of episodes are so full of things that we normally have people look at us for. Um, <laughs> we did not think that part <laughs> through. So, so, many visuals, really. yeah, so many visuals. So many I, visuals. I just love how much we're just doing it at you people, even though you have no idea. Um, so, uh, Willing Hands is, well, first of all, I think of it as being best used to help combat... Either senses of anxiety or a sense of anger. Um, the most, I guess, stereotypical position to assume for willing hands is if you're sitting uh, and you just put your hands in your lap with your palms turned up. Um, right? So your your backs of your hands would be resting on your thighs. Um, if you don't happen to be sitting, if you're in a situation where you have to be standing, this can be replicated by essentially having your hands or your arms down, hang down by your sides <laughs> with, like, yeah, your with your palms. palms towards the, you know, facing front, right? Yeah. So your, your, your palms and the insides of your arms are facing the world, you know, facing the front of you rather than turn towards your body or back.
0: And I don't do yoga a lot, but isn't, I mean, I think about, like, a yoga. Shavasana? Yeah. Like,
1: you know things,
0: like, <laughs> when you have your legs crossed, and I mean, oh. but I feel like I see that in yoga. Isn't that, I feel like I've seen people yeah, like Yeah, yeah, with, with your
1: yeah. Well, I see it when laying down. That's what Shavasana is when you lay down at the end of and yoga. You have, like your, and your, your arms, yeah, there. laying yeah. on
0: your sides. Okay.
1: Um, but yeah, also you can think if you if you think the really super stereotyped image of someone meditating mm-hmm. with their legs crossed and their hands sitting on their thighs. Now, like, oftentimes you see them yeah. touching their fingers together, and that is not necessary uh, yeah. for willing hands. But same idea, right? The the palms resting facing forward or facing up if they're in your lap. Um, hopefully we haven't confused you too thoroughly (laughs) on the description, but, um, basically if you think about feeling anxious or feeling angry, right, both of those are emotions that tend to leave us closed up, right, anger is part of kind of the fight or flight part, well, or freeze, but of the, of the nervous system, so is anxiety, right? And all of those are places where you feel unsafe in some fashion, right? Anger, you might be needing to defend yourself, you know, from a fight. Uh, if you're angry, anxiety, you might be needing to feel like you're defending yourself against some sort of attack. But both of those are sort of closed off. You think like arms crossed over the abdomen or arms crossed over the chest or hunched or turned away, right? Very closed physical positions, or like hostile body. Yeah, that's true. Aggressive leaning forward or, yeah. I don't know, angry gestures or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so willing hands is really the opposite of that. One of the, the ways that I tend to joke about it in group is if you think about it, you know, if you're, if you're feeling anxious and then your brain scans your body and here you are sitting in willing hands, your brain has to have a moment of, well, I thought we were frightened, but we are leaving all of our viscera and major blood vessels exposed So I guess we must not be being threatened right now. So I guess we can chill out, right? Because if you were actually being attacked, you would not at a very, like, I'm gesturing now Back part of your brain Right Lizard brain Kind that's of thing so yeah. yeah You yeah. would not leave Your major blood vessels Or your organs exposed Right mm-hmm. and That's really why We close down When we're feeling Angry or anxious Is that part of our brain That you know Now anxiety is brought up In interpersonal relationships But back when anxiety Developed It was because We were getting chased By lions You know <laughs> I lied. <laughs> true. Yes, and so our visceral really was, you know, threatened. I think, you know, Michelle could be being as mean to me as she wanted to be, and I'm pretty sure my organs would be safe, but... You never know. The back <laughs> part of my brain doesn't know that, right? So, um, again, like Michelle was talking about for Half Smile, this isn't necessarily something you have to stay with for a long time, though also I do think that it's something that's a little bit easier to hang out in. I could be in willing hands a long yeah.
0: time. Yeah.
1: Um, And so I think sometimes if you're having a hard conversation with anybody, family member, partner, whatever, um, anything you're feeling resistant to, angry about, or scared of, right? If you can just hang out in Willing Hands, which I'm doing right now, which you can't see, uh, then it can help you calm down, right? Willing Hands is about both a calmness and also an acceptance. um, So you don't end up as steeped in anger, as steeped in anxiety um, or unwillingness, right? So uh, I guess I didn't mention this because I think anxiety and anger are the bigger emotions, but you could also sit around in willing hands if, say, you were feeling super irritated about hanging out at a work meeting, you know, or anything where we you had were. had a
0: client who said they did, did yes. hands at a
1: work meeting. <laughs> and it helped them a lot. Yeah. Um, anything where you're feeling grouchy or resistant mm-hmm. or, you know, like, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, about things. Willing hands can help kind of
0: smooth it out. Yeah. Help it be more and, mellow. And like a perk, like Kate was saying, you know, willing hands could be good if you're in interaction with someone else. One of the things we talked about right before we started recording was like half smile, even if it's a pretty subtle smile on your face, if you keep it there without really changing your facial expression for a long period of time, people might misinterpret like what's going on in your face, <laughs> um, especially if you're a pretty expressive person, they might be like, "Why are you just sitting there? Why kind is your of face smiling?" Still? At me? Yeah. yeah, Like, why are you being still? um And especially if they're sharing something hard or challenging with you, and if you have a half smile on your face, that may not be the best time to use half smile because it could get misinterpreted. But willing hands, when you're interacting with someone, willing hands is pretty subtle. And even though we talked about like, because willing hands. I don't know, again, I'm demonstrating when you guys can't see me. If you're sitting down, you don't have to have, like, willing hands on, on your, your knees. That might look a little weird, but you can just have them very subtly in your lap. Sometimes I'll even interlace my fingers with my palms facing up. It's, I mean, no one's really going to be like, what's going on with your hands? <laughs> like, you know, you can do willing hands in a very subtle Way yeah. And it can be a really effective technique to help keep you calm in interactions with other people.
1: Ooh, and we didn't talk about it before we started recording, but another piece of fun neuroscience that I will try and talk about super briefly um, is mirror neurons. Oh, yes. Um, so if you're sitting there with willing hands having a difficult conversation with someone, you are very subtly exerting mind control. No, um, uh, humans are wired literally to mirror the emotions the facial expressions the postures the movements of the other humans that we are interacting with um as a therapist i don't know how often michelle notices this but every time i notice it it cracks me up like internally because it's not always appropriate to be cracking up externally in the moment but how often yourself myself and a client will like be doing almost the same fidget motion Mm -hmm. or we will shift in our seats at the exact same time or cross the same leg over each other. Like we're mirroring each other literally um, sometimes in more and sometimes in less subtle ways. Right. We tend to, if you think about it, people tend to lean in towards each other during an intense conversation. Right. We, we unconsciously mirror each other and we're wired for that. So, By having willing hands, and sometimes in some situations, a half smile, um, we are encouraging the other person to also be more calm, to to sit more openly, more exposed, um, and we can help them be happier and or less anxious and or less angry as well. So there's Mm -hmm. another neuroscience side benefit to it.
0: Yeah, and continuing on that explanation of mirror neurons, another way that can be really effective with mirror neurons that does not have to do with half-smile or willing hands, <laughs> but um, with voice tone Uh, and volume and all of that stuff we can we tend to match that with the person we're interacting with also because of mirror neurons and so if you're in an interaction with someone and let's say it's i don't know conflict ridden and maybe voices are rising and people are getting kind of escalated or overwhelmed or angry about what's going on if you just practice lowering your voice a little bit slowing it down speaking a little bit quieter um, that can naturally maybe affect the other person like pull them in the down same a same way. Yeah. So, you know, figuring out where you can maybe use those little things with people in your life um, can be helpful. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about some other things related to the same neuroscience behind Half Smile and Willing Hands. Um, The next two things we're going to talk about are not Not DBT DBT skills, (laughs) (laughs) just things that Kate and I like um, and things that we suggest to our clients in the work that we do. And again, it's the same idea of how the body communicates with Line, yeah. So nice.
1: if like half smile is about sort of happiness, and maybe willing hands is about calm and open and accepting, um, the next one I think about is superhero pose for confidence. Have fun explaining this with people that be here to see you. <laughs> hey, I, I think just this thought one, of that. Well, so and this one they've also done studies about, which is just cracks me up. If you have say a big interview coming up and you're nervous about it, they know that. Being, you know, appearing more confident Being more confident in an interview Is a better way to get the job Spend a few minutes standing in a bathroom Stall, legs apart Hands or fists Technically on your waist or hips Chest like What is it? Out? Chest out? Chest, chest up? Open? Open? Chest <laughs> thrust forward <laughs> like a super right head thrown back you know the pose right everybody knows every superhero on the cover of comic books forever right Is standing there having just conquered the world clearly <laughs> right it you may feel absurd it doesn't matter how you consciously feel about it which is the fun thing about all of these you can be sitting in there with willing hands thinking this is dumb i don't know why i'm trying this i this is just stupid and your brain is still gonna work with it which is funny Uh, same thing you can be sitting there standing standing in the superhero pose uh, thinking this is dumb I don't know why I'm trying this it can't possibly work and it's still gonna work Uh, it's gonna make you more confident so standing there for a good three to five minutes before you go into your interview hanging out in your superhero pose is gonna help you be more confident (laughs) so anywhere you need to be confident I just think about job interviews but clearly not the only place where confidence is handy
0: well before you ask
1: out that person Mm mm-hmm yeah. Or I don't know, try and buy that house. I don't know, what are you doing? What are people doing these days? I, don't know. I think all of those apply. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. Big big life moments where maybe you're doubting yourself yeah. or that kind of a thing. Um, and Kate was doing it naturally as she was talking to you all, and maybe you even heard it in her I noticed it in your voice. <laughs> I only imagine it would be more obvious to our listeners who only have your voice to go off of, like, your voice went up and you were, you know. Yeah, it's true. Everything responds to it. Everything responds to it, which is really fascinating. And my voice, I imagine, is probably going to change a little bit as I talk about the next one. Um, So kind of on the flip side of that, um, and we talked about it a little bit last episode with Wise Mind, how one of the ways you can get into your wise mind is if you notice there's a part of your body that's maybe experiencing a little bit of distress to put a hand on that part of your body to calm it um, and just to kind of bring a sense of, like, comfort or peace to wherever you may be experiencing something just being off within you. Um, Stomach is a good way to do that. Like, stomach is a good spot for that. I find that really comforting, like just sitting back with my hand on my (laughs) stomach. Um, But another way to do this that can be really calming and soothing is to just put a hand on your heart. Um,
1: on your chest over your heart yeah your chest (laughs) over your
0: heart
1: yes this is true um do not touch your heart trying to
0: give as specific directions (laughs) as we can sorry
1: um I'm just weirdly particular
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay um and doing this can really again I, I feel like the word that's coming to mind for me is like comfort like sometimes we really wish we just had comfort from someone, when we're feeling a sense of like sadness or loneliness um, or just feeling really down or experiencing depression in some way. Like sometimes we wish we had someone there to almost like give us a hug or to be soothing towards us. And sometimes we have that. And unfortunately in some situations or some moments we, we don't. But putting a hand on your heart is a way to... I guess give that comfort to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It can bring a sense of just warmth and relaxation and just acknowledging like, yeah, I'm really feeling something heavy there and I'm just going to bring some soothing to that area. And again, I feel like my voice may Mm -hmm. be slowed down a little because I'm putting (laughs) my hand over my heart as I talk about it. And um, it's just a way to really give yourself some compassion If you're going through a hard moment, um, sometimes I also encourage clients, again, it sounds really silly, but it can actually work in terms of this idea of like giving comfort to ourselves of like, give yourself a hug. It sounds so silly, but like literally if you Mm -hmm. just do your best to wrap your arms around yourself and just hold it there for a little bit,
1: just see how that Feels well, know, In a I weird way. It's a little weird to other people. But honestly, the thing that I find the most comforting is if I take, like, the back of my fingers and I just gently pet my own cheek.
0: Aww. Like,
1: that feels really yeah, whatever soothing and touch works for you <laughs> to me. Or sometimes yeah. oddly feeling my own pulse. Hmm. Like, just sitting mm-hmm. holding my pulse in my wrist or in my neck, like, it really connects me to my body and feels very comforting like yeah. just i can kind of tune into my own heartbeat and kind of tune everything else mm-hmm. out
0: but yeah so there's all kinds of ways to practice this i guess larger overarching idea that we're discussing of like when you bottom up yeah bottom up processing when you do <laughs> something to change your body's position or do a certain motion, or I'll try to say right, gesture. Yay! Yay, there we go. Um, <laughs> then it can change your emotional experience if that's something that you're wanting to do, I suppose. To help calm you down or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so our homework... Assignment. I don't know. That sounds very official. It really. Our does. suggestion for trying this out <laughs> <laughs> this week. <laughs> Homework. What is that? We cannot grade you. We cannot know whether you do this or not. It's totally up to you. But if you are looking to try this out this week, what we recommend is I. You know, we say try half smile and try rolling hands. Try each one separately on its own. See what happens. And we encourage you to try each one for a minute, Just sixty seconds of sitting with a half smile on your face, sitting with your willing hands. Again, if for any reason your body starts to feel uncomfortable during that time or you need to shift, like don't force yourself to do anything physically that causes you pain or discomfort, but try each one out for 60 seconds and just notice how it feels to to do that and what, what happens with your emotions or your thinking when you try each of those things with your body so sounds good all right kate's gonna do closing moments yeah
1: you're gonna get a chance to do one of your practices right now right now in real
0: time but i'm
1: gonna have michelle get into her comfy position first because we Mm -hmm. learned last time the chair is going to squeak squeak. it just is there's no avoiding it
0: i'm relaxed i'm good
1: okay so to those of you following along at home feel free now to get into a nice and comfy position Might be sitting down or laying down or standing if you need to, but whatever feels comfortable and relaxed for you. If you feel comfortable doing so, I also invite you to close your eyes. If you're uncomfortable closing your eyes, you can always just let your guest, guest, let your gaze come to rest on an object or a piece of carpet ahead of you and just let your eyes go unfocused. To begin with, just start paying attention to your breath. You don't have to change how deeply or how quickly or slowly you're breathing. It's just about using the breath as a vessel to bring you into the moment and into your body. You might notice where you experience your breath the most, You might notice the change in temperature as you inhale or exhale. Just whatever comes to mind when you tune in and really notice the natural rhythm of your breathing. And now, if possible, I'd like you to put yourselves into a willing hands position. Anything that brings your palms either facing up on your lap or facing forward if you're standing or up towards the ceiling if you're laying down. But just let your hands rest comfortably, open, relaxed. Make sure your body is open and uncovered by your arms. And as you're sitting in that position, I'd like you to bring to mind something in your life or in your world right now about which you feel some resistance. Maybe some resentment or anger. Or if you prefer, something about which you feel a tad bit anxious or worried. And just take a moment and really bring that situation to mind with all its connected Emotional experiences while also maintaining the willing hands position. What do you notice? Do you notice any shift in your breathing? Do you notice any shift in where in your body you're experiencing the emotions associated with this situation or event? Do you notice any change in your thinking? Do you notice any change in actually what or how you're feeling? If you were super irritated or angry about the thing as you continue to sit, do you perhaps feel more relaxed, more at ease? No right or wrong answers to any of these questions. Just use them as guides to check in with yourself. Ways to ask, how am I doing right now? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And allow yourself to be open to whatever answers come about when you ask that question. Just really taking a moment to breathe. And to be in your body. And to allow these thoughts to percolate as they will. And now I'd invite you to put that situation away. You might imagine it putting back on a shelf or putting it in a pocket or whatever helps you feel like you're able to come back out of the emotional and mental experience of that irritating or anxiety-ridden event. Also, tune back into your breath. You might even here take a couple of deliberately deeper and slower breaths just to really cleanse yourself and let go of whatever it was that you brought to mind for this exercise. After your couple of deep breaths, I'd also invite you to rotate your ankles or wrists, maybe rotate your neck, stretch your shoulders. Just start to gently welcome yourself back into your body, back into the now and the present situation, and this room. And whenever you feel ready, go ahead and open your eyes and have a great rest of your day. Right.
0: thanks everybody.
1: To learn more about us and the DBT
0: skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.